It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying their Hey everyone, it's your host Edward Ford and welcome to the Growth Hub podcast brought to you by growth marketing agency Advanced B2B. Advanced B2B helps B2B SaaS businesses generate sustainable revenue growth through marketing. So if you're looking for an agency partner who will help you get measurable results from your marketing, then check out advancedb2b.com for more info. Now, joining us today on the show is Guillaume Mubesh, a CEO and co-founder of Lemlist, and we're talking about how SaaS companies can find product market fit and scale. Now, Guillaume has co-founded not one, but three SaaS companies in the last two years, so he has a lot of experience on how to find product market fit. His first product, Lemlist, is a product for cold sales outreach. His second product, Lempod, is a product for boosting LinkedIn engagement. And his third and final product is Lemtalk, which is a customer support product that integrates directly into Slack. Now, together they form Guillaume's Lempire, which is French for the empire. And he's grown these businesses from zero to one million in ARR in less than two years, all without any funding. In this episode, Guillaume talks to us about the frameworks he and his team use to validate product ideas and test product market fit. He explains how they reduce their high churn numbers soon after launching and discusses some tests you can run to prove you have or don't have product market fit. And Guillaume also shares the tactics they're using to rapidly scale post product market fit. So strap yourselves in. It's a good one. And here we go with episode 48 of the Growth Hub podcast with Guillaume Mubesh, co-founder and CEO of Lemlist. Welcome to another episode of the Growth Hub podcast. And it's my pleasure to welcome Guillaume Mubesh to the show, who is co-founder and CEO at Lemlist. So Guillaume, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Growth Hub podcast. Yes, thanks for having me, Edward. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, same. And we've been talking about doing this episode for one or two years now. So great that we could finally reconnect and record this. And today we're going to be talking about finding product market fit, which is not easy. And most founders only launch one SaaS product, but you actually started three. So you're seeking (laughs) product market fit three times. So why launch and run multiple SaaS businesses at once? Yeah, so I, I get that question quite a lot because <laughs> I think like most people would advise you, you know, to be like super focused on only one project, go all in, etc. But to me, I think there is like several things that kind of pushed us towards uh, launching several SaaS products. So the first thing was obviously passion. So we really love to work on, on different projects. I think it gives you like a a better overview of a market of people needs and um, you can probably from a need you know like start building a, really like a lot of product i think we'll discuss that uh, a bit later about like why and how we choose kind of like the, the product we developed but uh, first was really like passion and also like minimizing the risk so i know that people would go you know like the the vc way uh, meaning like trying to seek for funding. So for them, it doesn't make sense to work on multiple projects. But for us, when we are like fully bootstrapped, so no investment at all, having like several projects basically minimize the risk because you never know what can happen with one project. So if you still have a source of revenue that's coming from other projects, you know that your risk is basically lower. 
Yeah, that makes total sense. So it's a case of not putting all your eggs in one basket. And I actually have to ask, exactly, how, do you yeah. actually, how do you actually maintain focus when working on three SaaS projects? I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a lot of discipline. So for us, it's a lem list is basically our baby. So it's a, the, the project that's bringing the most revenue. Uh, however, what we do with other projects is we have essentially like a, a tool that I love is called Notion, where I can put all my growth processes in one place. And what I do is I apply, I, th I guess that's, that's from my kind of engineering background where I love processes and I love to, to apply kind of recipes to growth. And uh, the goal essentially for me is to have all processes in one place where I can essentially teach one people to apply these processes and uh, I would hire the, the right head of growth for each project. And then from there, they're able to execute on the different strategy and processes to grow the company. And we've seen that across all projects, we have the same kind of acquisition channel that we master and that we can use and have the same results on each project. So that's kind of what we've been doing so far and so far so good. So <laughs> I'm pretty confident about that, that approach for now. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I was also reading an article where you wrote that your two co-founders, uh, Viennier and Francois, said, validate the idea as quickly as possible to determine whether or not we continue working on it, which I think is a great way to test for product market fit. So what was that framework you used to actually rapidly test and validate product ideas? Yeah, so to give a bit more context, uh, at that time, it's like, uh, so Viennier and Francois, my two co-founders, uh, there will be older so they're around like 40 years old they've been developing since they were five they're two brothers actually and when we started like uh, our partnership it was essentially me the young inexperienced ceo you know who, who just wanted to kind of show that what, what i was capable of and they were like okay we're gonna we're gonna code within two weeks a very ugly beta and now you're gonna have to sell it so <laughs> it was a bit, you know, of pressure. So for me, um, the way I did it, because we had like, obviously like no funding, so no money to spend. I think the easiest way to validate an idea in several like uh, different things that you can do. First one is uh, defining your personas. So who are you going to sell to? And once you have your personas, you can do several things. First is find where they hang out. So you have tons of Facebook communities, Facebook groups, Slack communities where you can find pretty much any personas. If you're targeting support, you have tons of community around support. If you're targeting like sales, you have tons of community around sales. If you're targeting founders, you also have tons of communities around founders. So what I did is uh, to validate the idea because um, I essentially went on a group that was uh, focusing on cold emailing. And then I showed uh, a fake screenshot. I didn't say it was fake at that time, but with showing like amazing results, like, uh, I don't know, like 90% open rate, 25% uh, click rate and 25% reply rate. And then I say it in a post, um, creating kind of a, a viral post where I asked people, to say, I was telling people, okay, I launched this campaign and got these results because we built a new tool for cold emailing. If you're interested in getting uh, early access to that tool, please comment like me or interested and I'll reach uh, back to you. And with that post, you know, so that didn't cost me anything to do. And I got about like a uh, hundred, hundred likes and about like 200 comments. So I reached out to these people individually, got almost blocked from Facebook because I was sending too many DMs. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, uh, I just uh, compared the number of people I reached out to 
versus the number of people who signed up for the beta. And I got about like 50% sign up from the, the number of people who I reached out to. So I was like pretty pleased with that. And, uh, and from there, you know, like the goal was to drive beta users. So I knew that essentially the, the pain points that we were facing with cold email because was essentially like people are not getting enough replies and they're always looking for new ways to improve their reply rates. And because that's the value I was showing through that screenshot, I knew that we were onto something. And the fact that people were signing up so easily, I was like, okay, that's a good start. And then um, we decided, so that was like the first test. Then I decided to do like proper sales prospecting, meaning that based on the personas that I've defined it, I decided to start sending cold emails to the different personas. And uh, based on the reply rate I had, I knew which were the typical personas that we needed to focus on. And I essentially started selling the product without having something that was a real product for sake at that time. Yeah, that's amazing. That's super incredible. So you then actually had to build the product that you kind of had promised to people. <laughs> uh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, and I know you also used Product Hunt and AppSumo as a way yeah. to test demand and also for awareness and acquisition. Although I think you also ran into some challenges by over-promising with your value prop on Product Hunt. <laughs> so can you tell us a little yeah. more about that? Yeah, so for, for Product Hunt, it was like something pretty like... Uh, it was part also of that framework of testing things like uh, really quickly just because you know like uh, we knew that uh, the community of product was of with a lot of tech savvy people and potentially also our target so we essentially like uh, decided to to launch there and um and we launched actually because we saw that we had like one competitors of ours we decided to to kind of copy one of the key features that we had and that guy was on Product Hunt trying yeah, like to, you know, like on Product Hunt, there's something called Ship, where you essentially have like a, a list of people where they can sign up to the upcoming launch. And because we saw that guy like putting his product on Ship, we're like, okay, we have to launch even though we don't have a product. And uh, we decided to launch with a very basic version of the product, over-promising on the value. But, you know, still, and that's, that was a good learning, we saw that people were still upvoting based on their feeling their feeling of the value proposition. So we had a lot of signups, but not too much retention. So that's kind of why we decided to keep pushing on the product, trying to improve retention and trying to keep those users who signed up in the loop. After Product Hunt, we actually got um, contacted by AppSumo. So AppSumo, for those who don't know, it's like uh, the biggest community of entrepreneurs, agencies that are looking to get um, super advantageous deals where essentially instead of selling your product on a monthly fee you sell it lifetime at a very like discounted price and we're like okay that's gonna give us a lot of exposure there it will be a great way to, to basically validate that we have a product market fit because people will be actually paying for the product and for all our beta users it will be also a great way to reward them for being with us and get basically like a discounted price for life and build the community around our product and what we do. Yeah, that makes total sense. And you mentioned there in your answer that retention was a bit of a challenge for you. And churn is also a very good indicator of product market fit. But you know, for you and Lemlist, it was pretty high in the early days. So yep. what did you actually do to solve that problem? Yeah, so when we saw that uh, churn was high, so for churn, I think there are like several ways to look at it. The first thing is like, your churn can be high because your target is not the right one. So for example, if your product is made for, I don't know, like small businesses and you're 
you're trying to target enterprise, the return might be high because you know, like you, you won't get enough feature, it won't work, etc. But the, the thing for us is like we realized that we couldn't get in touch with people who were churning. So people were churning and then we didn't have any information. We were trying to send them email and they were not really replying. So the first thing we did was to actually like uh, put uh, an entire tracking in place. So we tracked the activation, tracked like uh, the way people were acting on the platform to get like retention metric, uh, define basically like the, the key metric, like uh, where people have their haha moments where essentially like uh, we knew that if they got this haha moment, they essentially would stick longer with us. And finally, in order to get feedback from churn user, we decided to make their life a bit harder and push them when they churn to select the different reason of why they were churning. Based on that, we were actually able to put our churn user in different baskets and also understand that, for example, like some people, they were churning just because they were not getting a good ROI. They were not getting new businesses using cold emailing. And for me, once I see this, this, this reason inside like the, so we have basically a notification directly into Slack. Uh, so as soon as I was seeing that someone didn't get any new businesses with cold emailing, I was checking their platform, checking their website, and manually I was reaching out to them and offering them like free templates and free basically campaigns that they could run and a month for free. So essentially, they could test it again with new set of leads, new batch of leads, and basically see whether or not they were getting uh, more users. And based on that, we were able to uh, get back a lot of our users just by explaining, you know, like how could they be successful. And from there, with all this learning, it actually helped us build and create much more actionable and easy to use email template, cold email template that people could use and get better results with. Right. Got it. Yeah. Now... Sam Altman from Y Combinator, he actually said, make something people want. But your version is make something you want. So why <laughs> do you say this and will it help ensure you get product market fit? Yeah, so I think like, again, like to give a bit more context, uh, I think Sam Altman is, uh, so yeah, for those who don't know YC, it's like they, they create or they're looking for uh, creating basically like unicorns, so billion dollar valuation companies. Um, and, and that makes sense, you know, when you're trying to, to get like such a huge valuation, you need your market to be huge. However, if you want to make successful businesses that are still making like tens of millions of dollars, you don't have to, to please everyone, you know. And for me, I think that what's super important in business is to work on projects that you like, on projects that are helpful. And I truly believe that eating your own dog food, meaning like using your product, using what you built, is essential for growth. Lots of people, you know, are, are building amazing product and they're never using them, which means that they're not even seeing, you know, like the, the flows of their product. They don't understand their customers as well as they should. And for me, that's an issue. Whereas if you focus on something that you want, it means that you started with a need and that need is, I mean, there are 99% chances that other people have the same needs. And so far for us, it's really been like a, a key to success and also like i mean you know like even apple with steve jobs you know like they they didn't build what people wanted they built what they thought people wanted but what you know like if you want to make the market evolved you're not going to build what people want you know you know you're going to build what people might need in the future but it's not what they want right now yeah that's a really good point and i think a lot of customers at advanced b2b have had that same 
background. And, and that's also the same for Supermetrics in that it originally started out of a, a need our CEO had. Uh, mm-hmm. He just built a product for himself, which yeah, that's awesome. gone, in, gone yeah. into something bigger. So uh, that, as we spoke earlier, you've launched several SaaS products. So how do you actually know you found product market fit with a product in SaaS? Like what are the signals or signs that you use to say like, yeah, I think we've got it. Yeah. So for me, I think there are like several signals. Uh, first one is your month over month growth rate. Like if you keep uh, a two figure month over month growth rate, like 20% or something like that, you can feel that, you know, like things are getting well, things are going well, people are liking your product and you're reaching more and more people. And the second thing, obviously, is uh, I think it's like the most well-known test, but it's essentially like sending a message to your users where you ask like this uh, very famous question, um, if my product uh, would disappear tomorrow, how would you feel? Very disappointed, somehow disappointed or not at all disappointed. And based on the percentage of people who are very disappointed, you know if you're in the product market fit phase or not. Uh, another way I see it to, to find product market fit is basically launching in a super crowded market. So for example, you know, like uh, in very crowded markets, you would know that there is a product market fit. Otherwise, product won't exist, you know. And the thing is, what you need to do, however, to, to grow your company from that stage is essentially like be better than your competitors. And that's, that's not the easiest part, but this is uh, essentially like the, the two ways I believe that uh, you can figure out whether or not you're in the, on that stage. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of very simple ways to test for product yeah. market fit. And once you've actually found product market fit once you've passed those tests that you set yourself how do you then actually scale up your marketing and growth efforts yes so for me i think it's it's really like a a matter of process again like um, some people you know they reach product market fit without having processes and then they kind of collapse because they don't know what's working or not so they're just like randomly test new things or is there like raise funds and then you know like raise funding without knowing what's working So they start spending on ads, which is maybe not the right channel for them. So what I believe is like you need to master each and every one of your acquisition channel. And once you have that, you can double down on what's working best and basically like totally forget about what's not working or investigate about it. Like it's basically the 80-20 rules, you know, like spend 80% of your time on what's working and maybe 20% on experimenting new things. Yeah, I think that's a super good point because even if your business is growing, don't fall into the trap of scaling your marketing too quickly and too early. You need to get things up and running. You need to get processes in place. And then, as you said, once you figure out what things are working, you kind of double down on those. So yeah, yeah I can definitely relate definitely. to that. Super good advice. And and so what marketing tactics are you using to grow your empire? Like what's working for you? Um, so yeah, for me, as I said, you know, when, uh, when you were asking the question uh, about like, why do we want to build something we want? <laughs> it's basically for us like eating our own dog food. So we use all our products. Um, luckily for us, our products were in the sales automation space or in the, you know, getting more reach and getting more views on LinkedIn. So essentially, like we use Lemlist a lot uh, to, get, um, to get meetings, to get like uh, sales meetings, discovery calls. So basically sales prospecting, that's like one thing. We also use a lot like um, Lempod in order to get more reach on LinkedIn. So for that, we, we do a lot of content. And then to implement also our inbound strategy, we're going to create 
a lot of content. We have the biggest community around sales automation. So it's called Sales uh, Automation Family, actually. Um, and that kind of, you know, our three main goals with that are totally aligned with our vision, which is always the same, make our users successful. I think that a lot of people and a lot of companies kind of forget about it when they grow. Just because, you know, like um, if you focus too much about revenue or cash, you're just going to say, okay, how do I close more deals? But because we haven't raised funds and we're not like, you know, in a hurry, we don't have a burn rate, like we're profitable. So we, I mean, we have a burn rate, but we don't have like, a, so we don't have a runway because we're profitable, which allow us to, I think, focus on what matters the most, meaning the success of our users. Because we know that if they're successful, they're going to use more of the product, they're going to recommend it more often, etc. And it's kind of like the, the circle and the loop for success, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's definitely notable for me because I remember like a year, year and a half ago, my LinkedIn feed was dominated by Drift. It seemed like they were mm. all over my LinkedIn feed. And now, yeah. actually, you are all over my LinkedIn <laughs> feed. Like your videos pop up like every week. Uh, so there I you def- yeah, Take that. <laughs> I, I can definitely see like video content on LinkedIn is like your big tactic. So uh, yeah. yeah, but that's that that's super good advice. Um, and actually, before we wrap up and go to our closing questions, is there any other advice or things you'd like to share about finding product market fit in SaaS and scaling up? Yeah, I think like um, from what I can see when I talk to either founders or marketers, I feel like less and less people are spending time on execution. Like, I feel like a lot of people are asking themselves tons of questions, looking for the best growth hack, looking for what's trendy, etc. When actually at some point, you know, it's just a matter of executing and keep doing like educating, educated guests, I would say. So for example, make your users successful and for, be super user centric is what will make your company succeed in any case, like really. So spend this time, don't focus too much on scaling at first and focus on the foundation, meaning like really providing value, whether it's providing the good contents or spending time with your user explaining what, you know, like your product do and try to make the most out of your product. All these things really matter. Yeah, absolutely. Super good advice. And uh, yeah, I think this was awesome, uh, but we could move on to our closing questions and, and the fast five challenge. So to wrap things up, <laughs> Guillaume, I'm going to ask you five questions. All you need to do is answer as quickly as possible. So are you ready? Yes, let's do this. All right. First one. So the one book you would recommend others to read? Uh, predictably Irrational from uh, Dan Ariely. Nice. Second question. SaaS company you love and why? Uh, I would say Notion. Like really for me, I'm amazed by their product, uh, amazed by what they can achieve with uh, such a small team. The product is amazing for, basically, this is where we centralize everything. So our growth experiments, our growth sprints, our onboarding processes, our wikis, our to-dos, everything is there. Love it. Centralize everything. It's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And if you love emoji, then I think you also love Notion as well. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Uh, third question, favorite place to read about marketing online? Uh, I, I kind of like growthhackers.com because they always have this voting system where, you know, like the, the top articles uh, that are always really actionable. I'm also a good fan of good marketing examples uh, where they showcase, for example, like lots of little tips when it comes to uh, landing pages, 
what to choose, what to do, what not to do. I, I kind of like it very actionable, very, yeah, visual, nice. Yeah, super good recommendation. Uh, fourth question, most important growth metric? I don't like, uh, I don't like uh, people that are not focusing on, on other things that net profits. For me, it's like MRR or net profit, but these two metrics are, are the only one that matters. You know, it's like how much cash do you have in the bank at the end of the month? Yeah, exactly. Fifth and final question, best piece of advice for fellow marketers? Keep learning new things every day. Like seriously, I think learning is, uh, is the most undervalued skill. You know, like um, lots of people can be good at one point, but the, the marketing world is changing every single day. It's like new things are coming, new platforms are always appearing. If you don't spend at least 20% of your time learning new things or trying or testing new things, you'll be outdated in two years and all your skills are just going to be disappearing and vanishing. Yeah, absolutely. Always be learning. Super, super good advice. So, hey, Guillaume, I have to say this was awesome. And I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on the Growth Hub podcast. Thanks a lot for having me. Really had fun. That was Guillaume Mubesh on how SaaS companies can find a product market fit and scale. Now, you can find Guillaume on Twitter at GuilloMBH, and I also recommend following him on LinkedIn. As ever, if you have any thoughts or feedback, then you're always welcome to reach out to me on Twitter at Nordic Edward or connect on LinkedIn. So thank you so much for listening to the Growth of Podcast brought to you by growth marketing agency Advanced B2B. This is your host, Edward Ford, signing off. And make sure you check out advancedb2b.com for more content and resources on everything B2B SaaS growth. It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers